Father God, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts and our minds. Because right now, God, we're going to go to your word and we need your help. That your Holy Spirit would reveal to us, God, what you want to reveal to each of us. So I ask that your Holy Spirit would move. God, I pray that each person who's here, they're here for a reason, God. And so I pray that, God, you'd freely communicate and talk with them. Talk with me about the truth, God, from your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's children said together, amen. I'm a church planning pastor in Gothenburg, Sweden, it's basically the edge of the earth. It's a place where, you know, you think blonde-haired, blue-eyed people, and you think red buildings with white trim. Well, it's more like city and people from all over the world, um, and about 20% immigrants within Gothenburg, and the area of the church plant that we have is 40% immigrants. So you get a lot of people from all over. And you meet some really interesting people. One day I went to the pizza place and I was going to get a pizza. And the guy who's there, he knows me. He asked me a question. He goes, hey, Aaron, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. You, you Christians, he's a Muslim. And he goes, you, you Christians, you are so certain you're going to heaven. Why? Who makes you God? How do you know? And so I'm thinking, well, what do I say? <laughs> and so I asked him a question. Um, so when you go down to Mecca, you go down to Mecca, um, and it's during Eid, what do you do when you're down there? And he goes, well, we go to Mecca, and we, you know, one of the things that we do is we walk around, and we, it's this, uh, this pilgrimage, and one thing we do is we also, we sacrifice lambs, and they pay for our sins, and, you know, because our good has to outweigh our, our not so good, our bad, and that's how we get to be in heaven, but you know, God decides this, he says. And I go, well, let's think of it this way. What if God picked a lamb and this lamb would forgive your sins, all your sins, but not just your sins, your wife's sins, all your kids, your friends, and your neighbors? What if God decided that this lamb would remove all the bad in your life and would forgive you? Huh, he goes, that sounds like good news. And I told the pizza guy, that is good news. That's what we call it as Christians. We call it the good news. The Lamb of God is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the one who forgives our sins. That's why we Christians, that's how we know that we, we are so certain about going to heaven. Not because of us, but because of him. Now, we love talking about heaven. How many of you guys love talking about heaven? It's, yeah, I like to think about it. It's good. Might be a little not sure what it's about, but we're, it's pretty good. How many of you like talking about the end times and the apocalypse? There's like three hands. We don't like talking about the end times. Well, I know that you guys have been looking at the Wayfinding Bible. You've gone from Genesis and you've gone and now it's the last book, the book of Revelation. So Pastor Brad, he's like, Aaron, you're going to come and you're going to speak. That's great. I'm like, what's the passage? And I kind of remember the world just kind of do, do, do. 
when he said it. The world just stopped. And Pastor Brad says, the book of Revelation. Because that's how your voice sounds, right? Holy pastor voice. He told me this, my world just stopped because this is what I thought of. This is the uh, map and outline of the book of Revelation. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in that book. And that's what comes to my mind. And Brad, what does he say? Oh, by the way, you have 20 minutes. Thanks. The book of Revelations, here we go. I'm going to have you guys um, stand up with me. Do a little something different. If you're able to stand, you can. If not, you can still do this when you're sitting. We do it together. Now, don't worry. You're not alone. Everyone else is doing it with you. And if you don't do it, then you will be alone. But my friends, knowing our destination, it changes our journey. I want you guys to do that with me. Point to your head. Knowing your destination, we're going to point to the cross, okay? The cross, we're pointing to the cross because Jesus is our destination. He's preparing a place for us, okay? So knowing our destination, it's changing our journey. So your journey can go like this. And maybe you can have your journey go back over here to the cross, to Jesus, okay? Because knowing where we're going, my brothers and sisters, it's going to change our life. If it doesn't, something's happening here. But knowing our destination is going to change our journey. Take a seat. Good job, guys. Everyone gets A plus today. We're looking in the book of Revelations, and I'm going to be looking at... Um, 21 and chapter 22. We're going to be doing these two chapters together, but I'm just talking briefly about 22 because Brad's going to talk about that next week. Remember, this is the Concord. They don't take that plane anymore, but this is really fast. So you, it sounds like you guys are used to this fly over into God's Word, but we're going to go quickly, and I hope that I can just help all of us together to get a little bit more curiosity about this book of Revelation, that we can not just talk about heaven, but we can begin to be a little more curious about what's going to happen at the end. So here, Jesus Christ is actually revealing to the Apostle John. He's revealing something. He's revealing himself. He's revealing the destination. So we're going to look into the Word of God now. We're going to look. What is that destination that He is preparing for us. What does it look like? What is it going to be like? And how is that going to change our journey? Well, in chapter 21, the first three verses, it says that He's going to make everything new, the new heavens and the new earth. They're going to be completely new. And the old earth, the old gone, the old earth and the old heaven, gone, completely gone. They will be disappeared. They will be done away with. There won't be any seas there, and, and everything's going to be made new, and God's going to make His home with His people. Now, my friends, this word new is not just an update. This is not uh, an old car getting renovated, okay, getting rebuilt. This is a brand new car, people. This is completely new. And we see that here because in the Scripture it's saying that the old 
earth and heaven are disappeared. It has to be made new. And what he's making new, when we think of heaven, we think of the dwelling place of God. We're not talking about this heaven. In this scripture, it's talking about the heavens, the blue sky and the night sky. You know, he's talking about the blue sky that we see on a nice sunny day where the birds fly, and we're, we're thinking of also the part of the night sky where the astronauts float around in space. Space and the sky, he is going to make completely new. No more pollution, people. It's going to be clean. And the earth is going to be clean. It's going to be new. He's going to make it completely new. And what I love about this word earth, it includes the people who are living on it, the occupants, the people who are there. And they have an opportunity to be a part of this new place that he is making. I love this thing where, this part of the passage where it says, God's home is now among his people. So I don't know where you live exactly in Mankato and the neighboring areas. Um, I don't know the name of your neighbors, but maybe you have Johnson on one side, Anderson to your back, and the Smith to your right or to your left. I, I don't know. But across the street, in this new place, your new neighbor is going to be God. Think about that. We think God's up here, but God's going to be your neighbor. He is going to make his home right with you. Who's your neighbor? Johnson, Smith, Anderson, God. Right there, you get to see his face. You get to be with him. And this is what he's doing. And we continue in verses 5 and 7. The one sitting on the throne said, I'm going to make everything new. It's that word new again. And he says to John, this is some good stuff. Write this down because it's going to be trustworthy and true. How do we know that this is true? How do we know what, what's being revealed to John is, is true? How do we know this? Can anyone have any idea? We know that this is true because Jesus is saying it. Pretty good place, good source to get truth, huh? How many of you agree with me? Amen. That's good. It's the church. But he, it's, it's coming from Jesus. It's going to be good. And he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. You guys have been looking at Genesis and going through the whole Bible. He is the Alpha, the beginning, the Genesis. He is also the Omega, the end, the book of Revelation we're talking about here. Chapters 10 and onward into the, into the 21st chapter, we begin to look at the destination what is it going to really look like? And I love this. It's talking about the new Jerusalem, the new city that's there. And he's describing it. All of you young people maybe have more of an idea than those who are maybe a little bit older. But this city is going to have bling bling. It's going to have the most bling bling you've ever heard and seen of in your entire world. It's going to be unbelievable. Jewels and gold everywhere. Gates made out of pearls, not just pearls, actually it's one pearl. Picture that, a whole gate made out of one pearl. But this city is so amazing, God knows the details of that destination. And he's making it for us. He's so detailed that the gates in this city, the gates of the city, there's 12 of them, and they're going to have the names 
of the 12 tribes of Israel written on there. If you guys know anything from the Old Testament, as you've been reading in the Wayfinding Bible and going through, hopefully you had a chance to learn God's people have done some good things and they have been also really dumb, right? But this tells us something about God. He uses these people who do good and not so good and he does what? He writes their names on the gates. He's not going to forget Israel. He's writing their names on the gates. And the foundation of this amazing city is going to be the foundation of the 12 apostles, these 12 guys that walked with Jesus, told other people about Jesus. Some of them even wrote the part of the Gospels that we have that we hold and we hold the Bible and we read it. The foundations, these foundation stones are going to have the 12 names of those disciples, those followers of Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of the destination that we are going. Now, this city, you know, you had this angel come, not just a little measuring stick. He comes out with a, a measuring stick of gold because that's what you do in heaven. It's gold. And he measures it, and he finds that this city is 1,400 miles cubed. Okay? 1,400. That's like from Mankato to Florida. Cubed. Actually, if you took all that area, you know, 1,400 miles about, cubed, that's the surface area of the moon. Is that going to be big enough for everyone? Well, I'm going to show you this clip. It's going to help us to understand a little bit just the size of the new Jerusalem, the destination that God's making for us. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tent of God is among men, and He shall dwell among them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be among them, and He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any death, there shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. The point being is, there is enough room for everyone in this city. This city is a cube, and we find that cube, those measurements, when we look at Solomon's temple and the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. Now, the Holy of Holies was a place in the tabernacle, was a place in the temple that was a, the most holy place. It was so holy, even the highest priest 
could only go in there one day a year, and that priest had to be completely clean, no naughties here, people. He had to be a good boy in order to go in. And because if he went in and he wasn't clean, if he wasn't a good boy, he would fall over dead and they would pull out, you know, pull this guy out of the Holy of Holies by a rope on his ankle. One day a year, the priest could enter the Holy of Holies. This new city, our destination, is the new Holy of Holies. We get to be with God every single day. Not just the great priest one day a year, but every single day. And we read in the Scripture, and it continues to say in, in verse 22, there will be no temple. There will be no temple there. And you kind of think, that's kind of crazy, it's kind of bizarre. Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, isn't there going to be a temple? There's no need because God and the Lamb are its temple. We talk about, you know, the church No, it's not maybe so much the building, it's the people. My brothers and sisters, a building is just a building. And a group of people is just a group of people. But when Christ is in the middle, in the midst of those people, it becomes the church. And the building, when focused and centered on Christ, becomes the church. Because why? In the book of Revelations, we are learning that our destination that the church is Jesus Christ. And we get to spend eternity with him there. Now the city, what does it look like? We saw in the kind of the video, well, it looks like it has walls, really thick walls, walls that are like 216 feet thick. That's six school buses thick. Wow, what kind of defense is that? Well, the walls are not built for defense because we also read that the gates are open. And they will not be closed. But these walls are made for definition. They give definition to the city. Because why? We read here in verse 27, nothing evil will be allowed to enter. We also read in verse 4, where God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow. There will be no more crying. And there will be no more pain All of these things are gone forever. Death, pain, sickness, crying, evil has no place in our destination that's coming. The new Jerusalem, there's no place for this. And that means there's also no place in verse 8. There's no place for unbelievers, for cowards, for murderers and immorals. There's that limit to this city, but the gates are are wide open people. These gates are open. They give us a chance to be able to respond. I love this part in chapter 22 when it talks about the tree of life. Do you guys remember the tree of life anywhere in the Bible maybe? The book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we have the tree of life. Paradise is lost. But here in the book of Revelations, Jesus is revealing to us, my friends, the paradise that you lost is now regained. You get to eat of its fruit. We don't have to eat, but we get to eat. I love that idea. And there's fruit being produced every single month. Oh, month. There's also a sense of time there. You know, it's producing every month. 
but this tree of life is there. Paradise is regained. There's a guy in the church in Gothenburg, in the church plant. We'll call him Ali. And Ali is from Iraq, and he walked out of Iraq because of ISIS and came to Sweden. And when he got to Sweden, his journey began to change a little bit because he met some followers of Jesus. And while he was there, he learned more about him and became a Christian. And in June, we had a baptism celebration. A week after Ali was baptized, he came to me and he said, Aaron, I had a dream. I had a dream that there was a tree and there was fruit. There was fruit all over in this garden. It was a paradise. And you know what, Aaron? You were there. Good thing. <laughs> and, and Stina was there, your wife, and, and, and Soda, and Petter, and Clara, and all these names of people in the church. And he straightens up a little bit. And Ali says, and I'm there too. The gates are open for the least expected people. The gates are open for us. But friends, it says, Jesus says here, but it's happening soon. It's going to happen suddenly. The, that word soon means suddenly. Verse 6 in, in the 22nd chapter. It will happen soon and suddenly. When Jesus comes, my brothers and sisters, there's no time. There will not be time to change when Jesus comes. But there is time to change now. We have time to change because we know our destination. We know this amazing city. It's so amazing. It's, it's glowing with the glory of God. His glory is so amazing. No more sun. No more moon. Don't need that because God's glory is so amazing. And God is so amazing. He's a great architect. He makes everything transparent and clear and crystal and like glass. So that way His glory can shine and penetrate every part of this city. He's making this destination for us, and God is responsible to make that destination for us. And He's prepared a way for us to make that destination. But my brothers and sisters, we have that responsibility to see what that journey is going to look like. What's your journey going to look like? When we talk about end times, we can get kind of scared and worried because we realize that we ourselves are going to have an end. And we begin to worry about maybe our friends and family as well. Now is the time, my brothers and sisters, to change and to prepare for it. The book of Revelations is a book of some amazing signs. Signs and things that just seem kind of crazy. It would make a fantastic movie. Remember that picture I showed in the beginning of that, all that outline? It's kind of a, a crazy book. But I hope that you guys can get a little bit of curiosity about this book. Because this book is revealing a lot to us. It's a sign of heaven, our destination to come. And it really should change Knowing what's coming and believing as if it is true means that we act as if it is so. There are three things I want you guys to take with you today. The book of Revelations, Apocalypse in Greek, it means actually to unveil. 
to reveal. So this is what Jesus is doing as he's telling the Apostle John these truths from the book of Revelation. So the first thing I want you guys to take with you is I want you to run. Run to the book of Revelations. Because my friends, as you run to the book of Revelations, when you do that, you are running to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is revealing himself again and again and again and again and again in this book. So don't be scared of it. Read it and find Jesus. The second thing I want you guys to take away from this, Jesus wins. This book is a complex book, but its message is very clear. Jesus wins. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world will reign over everything. Everything in your life and in your family's life, in your friend's life, he will reign. Do you guys hear that truth? Can I hear an amen? This is the truth. He will win. Whatever you're going through, he will win in its end. Even if it looks like it's really bad, he will win. And the last thing I want you guys to take today with you is this question. How are you preparing for your destination? Because knowing our destination, that new Jerusalem that he's making for us, it changes how we live and it changes our journey. But how is your life reflecting that? How are you preparing and getting ready? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the hope and the life that we have in your word. That we are actually invited into this holy city. That we get to be a part of it. So God, I just pray that each of us here, myself included, that your Holy Spirit would really help us to understand and to know the ways and things that we need to do to prepare. The time to change, the time to prepare is now, not just for ourselves, but for our family. God, may you give us the courage that we need, that if there's a friend, we don't have to wait for them when they're sick or when we're sick in order to prepare. May we do that now. May we do that today. In the name of Jesus Christ, and God's children said, Amen.